Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, hitting the gym, or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. What's up? It's Clocked In with Jordan Edwards here. Hey, we got a very special guest here. He has earned his reputation as America's most trusted fitness professional. In everything he does, Clark puts forth 100% in the hopes that he can benefit men and women who care enough about themselves and the people they love to do what it takes to live the lifestyle. He's a fitness model. He's been on, an over, been on the cover of over 130 magazines, a TV host, starring in movies, marine, fitness coach, and much, much more. We have Clark Bartram here today. Clark, how are you doing? What's up, Jordan? I'm excited, brother. You know, I love listening to my bio because it gives me an opportunity to reflect on, am I really doing that in my life? So thank you for reading that. Absolutely. And how how do you feel you're doing on that? Let's just start it there. Brother, I'm on point. I I really sat back and I I got on kind of the balcony of my life and I observed it from a perspective outside of my ego and my emotion and all that sort of thing. And I I do honestly give my best to help other people realize how freaking awesome they are and how much more awesome they could be if they get over some of these self-imposed hurdles that we all place in front of ourselves. So I, I feel great, man. I'm right there. That's an incredible mission. And Clark is out here to help. It's over 50, right? Anyone over 50? Yeah, you know, I use that as a, an avatar, as we refer to it in the, in the industry. But I'll help anyone who comes to me, honestly, because the reality is there are a lot of young men in this world who are suffering from things like low testosterone and low self-esteem and loss of confidence and all of these things that aren't necessarily specific to age. It's attacking people on wide levels, specifically because of the world that we're living in, right? We're looking at another lockdown. We're looking at possible losing jobs and all of these things that cause us negative emotions. I'll, I'll give you an example. My son right here is, is struggling with a breakup, right? That, that's one of the most devastating things that we can encounter. You love somebody and it's no longer there. So right now I'm really focusing on him and he's 26. So it's not, you don't need to be 56. You can be any age. Yeah, I love that. And Clark is helping people really become the best of who they are. So Clark, for you, where did this all start? There's two answers that I give to that question. There's the spiritual one and the business one. The spiritual answer to that is I feel like this is what I was born and created to do. I honestly feel like God, the creator, put a DNA strand in my human body that requires that I do what I do because I honestly, Jordan, can't stop it. If I see somebody in the gym and I see someone struggling, I automatically go into coaching mode or encouraging mode. It's just not something that I try to do. And then the business answer to it would be probably when I got, it was in the Marine Corps that I realized I had the ability and the affinity to speak into people's lives and encourage them to become a better version of themselves. There were two guys in particular who the Marine Marine Corps referred to at that time. I'm sure they don't use this terminology anymore, but as fat bodies, two guys that were going to get kicked out because they didn't reach the height weight requirement. It was a really odd way of measuring whether someone was overweight or not. So my commanding officer came to me and said, Hey, Bartram, will you help these guys 
get in shape. And I really didn't know what I was doing. I was doing pull-ups and push-ups and that was it while other guys were sleeping. So I, I got those guys and started helping them realize that there could be a better version of themselves that wouldn't get kicked out of the Marine Corps because they weren't meeting the minimum requirement. And they made it. That's incredible. And, and where did this come from inside of you? Like saying that you're doing extra work, keeping people, motivating them. Was there anything as a kid? I, maybe it was from my childhood growing up. You know, I had a rough childhood. I can't really pinpoint anything specifically. But when I look back at it now, I really honestly think that there was a protection or a covering put over me that got me to this place in my life because there was something in me that needed to be fulfilled at a later stage in my life. I come from a pretty traumatic childhood. We all do, right? We all have our story. Mine's no better or any worse than anyone else's, but it's specific to me. And it was as traumatic as somebody else's was to them. So with that, I could have went many different directions, but for some reason, I was always a good kid. I was always the nice guy that the parents liked and the, the dad of the girl or whomever it was. There was something unique and different about me that I can now identify and see from the perspective that I sit at now, not knowing it then because I was just a kid, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to point out two things that I just love about what Carp says. First of all, is he always looks back at a different perspective. He's always changing his perspective. See, because we can't see everything we're going to see. We have to get others' opinions. And he's looking back on his own life, which is just, the concept is very interesting. And then the second thing I really liked about what Clark was stating there is that he took it upon himself. Like, I'm not relying on anyone else. I'm doing it myself. I'm becoming that person. And that builds confidence inside you and allows you to go outward towards other people. That's what I was hearing. I'm glad you heard that because that's exactly what I want people to hear and understand. I always use this analogy or kind of visualization. And it was funny because my son and I would actually make fun of this guy that I heard say this all the time. My son used to run a rock wall and we would go to this corporate event all the time. And there were these coaches that would take these up and coming financial people for this one big company. And we had been there so many times that we hear this speech all the time and we would always mock it. But I use it now all the time because it makes so much sense. When I first started hearing it, I wasn't able to understand what it really meant. And it seemed like these coaching words that this guy learned. But what he would say was, I want you to get on the balcony and observe yourself off the dance floor from the balcony, out of your emotion and in your reality and understanding of there's a person down there that can't operate to the most efficient place in their emotion. So if you separate yourself visually and, you look, and you're on that balcony and you're looking at Clark down there on the dance floor and you can see better ways to move, like if we metaphorically look at that as life, then we can now make those changes within ourselves and not have to rely on anyone else, like you said, because you know we can't constantly be looking out we need to be looking in more often than we're looking out and when we're looking in then when someone comes to us we actually have that life experience from being on the balcony and making those changes that we can share with other people and that's really where i feel like i'm at at this stage of my life uh, that's awesome that's awesome and i know you do a lot of different stuff and you're a very well-rounded person so can you dive into that a little bit and re the reason i bring that up is because so back in uh, two years ago, I started Edwards Consulting. And what's that all about is basically I was sitting there realizing that people weren't living the most optimal lives. So what I decided to do was figure out a little framework. And what I realized is life's broken up into a couple different areas. You got mental health, physical health, community service, philanthropy, relationships, whether that's dating, whether that's friends, whether that's family, whatever it is. And then the last one, spirituality. And as I was looking into you doing some research, I'm like, this guy, he's got them all. He's got them all. I love it. So I just wanted to see if you had something or if there was any dynamics because you do touch on a lot of different areas of life. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny, Jordan. I love that you have those. Those I refer to them as five lifestyle principles because I have similar lifestyle principles that I teach the people that work with me. It's mindset, meals, movement, community, supplementation. But with respect to your answer, it's funny because when I look back on my life, my son, he's, he's in the other room taking a shower. That's why I keep referring to him. My daughter would always ask me, to this day, they still call me Dada. Dada, what do you do anyway? People who were observing me from the outside never really knew what I did because every day it was something different. One day I could be speaking at Rupp Arena. The next day I could be home, you know, typing on my computer. The next day I could be taking a photo for the cover of a magazine. And the following day I could be in a prison speaking to somebody. So I've never been a guy who's operated from a schedule. I've always been a guy that operates from feeling and emotion and doing what I feel is right for me on any given Sunday, if you will. Each day I wake up with the understanding that I have the opportunity to positively and powerfully affect everyone I come into contact with. And that is a mission statement I wrote for myself probably 25 years ago. And that was from a mentor of mine that I hired to coach me. And he said, you need a life mission statement. And God's honest truth. I woke up this morning. I physically watched me put my feet on the ground. And when I do that, I then recite today, I will positively and powerfully affect everyone I come into contact with. What does that look like? Podcast right now. This is my doing my mission and vision and purpose statement for my life. I could leave here in 15 minutes and go somewhere else and have the ability and the opportunity, more importantly, to do the same thing somewhere else. So I don't really put myself inside of a box and say Clark Bartram is a fitness model. Clark Bartram is a human who loves interacting with other humans to do the best as he can just by action, not by words, to bring the best out in everybody that I come around. Absolutely incredible. There, there's so much of society that just boxes ourselves in. And it even happens to super successful people where people go, that guy's a football player. He's not a businessman. He's a this, not a that. And it's got to be, he's a this end of that. He's more than all of that. And it becomes, these labels don't deem our life. And I love how you exhibit that through all of the different things you do. It's funny you bring up football because lately, the last few, probably week or so, I've been going out on the football field and doing these crazy football stunts. If you look at my Instagram or my TikTok or any of those social media platforms, I was inspired by an NFL Super Bowl champion quarterback by the name of Brad Johnson, who I saw on TikTok. He's throwing the football, hitting the upright, throwing it through the basketball rim and all this sort of stuff. And I reached out to him and I got him on my podcast. And then suddenly this friendly competition started. So I go out here now and I'm doing these stunts and I spend hours at a time because if you miss one by this much, you're hooked to the next time you, you got to get it right. That's how I operate. So anyway, I'm doing those and I'm thinking, so someone watching me might think, look at this guy wasting time. I'm not wasting time. I'm using those lessons that I'm learning out there. I'm going live. I'm making commercials for YouTube to drive people to my program. I'm taking all of that content, all of that fun, all of that personal and, and friendly competition and turning that into something that is valuable and usable. So everything that I do in my life, I see it as content or something that I can box up or bottle up or package up in a way that I can present it to somebody somewhere someday. And yeah. it have to be something that will do somebody some good that was a lot of sums in that i that was but i that that's awesome because it, it makes the concept of like why i started the podcast i started it because i was on this mission to meet all of these different interesting people and find out how they became successful and i'm like okay clark i could have we could have hopped on the phone talked for 40 minutes but we wouldn't have been able to record this and share it and repurpose it and, and that once I realized that concept, I go, it's not about the podcast. It's not about any of that. It's about how you can help other people down the line through what you've done and through those experiences, which I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it makes your time go as this is valuable time or I'm wasting time. 
And it's not like one's good or bad. A valuable time can be hanging out with your kids. Valuable time can be doing anything. It doesn't have to be recording stuff all the time, but it's really whatever's valuable to you at that moment. Absolutely. You hit it right on the head, man. You know, a guy reached out to me the other day in a private message and he said, Clark, I'm really curious. How much of what you do is brand and how much of what you do is for the cameras? And are you really the guy that you're pretending to be, basically? And I appreciated the question because he wasn't trolling me. He, he had an honest question. And, and I can understand that. Because when people see me, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm all fired up all the time. I'm running around. I'm crazy. I'm this and that. And my son will tell you that was one of his most embarrassing things about me. When he was playing football, I was the guy running around, catching passes and screaming and yelling like a maniac. I operate at a very high level all the time. So my answer to that guy was 100% all the time, it's me. I've got no reason to pretend for anybody because I don't give a F. I don't. And it's because I actually do give an F and people need to understand how those things really come together because they do. I don't care to pretend to be anybody and be authentically me because I care so much about connecting with people that I know putting on a front or a show is only sustainable for so long. And where I learned that was in prison, speaking in prisons. I've been in a couple hundred prisons around the country from level five, supermax condemned row to work release. And I, I learned very quickly, you, you don't fake anything in there because you will get found out like that quickly. These guys are not stupid. When did you uh, start focusing on prisons and, and what do you exactly do with them? So it was in the 90s, probably 95 or 96. I got a phone call from a buddy of mine who was doing it. And he couldn't go and he needed someone to replace him. And, and it was a very specific replacement because what he and I did were feats of strength. I would blow up hot water bottles until they broke, break baseball bats, bend horseshoes, tear decks of cards, tear phone books, things like that. So he couldn't get just anybody because he had to replace himself with that person because it was almost like a variety show. Yeah. So when he first asked me to do it, I'm like, no way, bro. I'm not going into prison. Are you kidding me? These people are horrible. I had a misconception about people that are locked up and he convinced me to go do it by telling me, Hey, they'll pay you 300 bucks a day. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. So I went and did it and the $300 became irrelevant to me because I quickly learned that there are a lot of humans in there that made bad mistakes. There are a lot of humans in there that are being unjustly treated. There are a lot of humans in there that need to be there and we're thankful that they're there and hopefully they never get out. You know what I mean? So there's a variety of people most of which are good people that make bad choices that ended up in a place that they never intended to. So somebody coming in there and sharing a little bit of hope with them is a good thing. And that's what I did. And I did it for many, many years and had the opportunity to meet some encouraging people and learn a lot of life lessons that really brought me here where I'm at today. Yeah. And I, I think that's so good because it's so far from where you were in life and what you were doing that it gave you a perspective of one of gratitude and it allowed you to see things that you would have never seen if you didn't go meet with them. Yeah. And I was at the height of my career as it relates to popularity or whatever, if you want to call it that. I was on TV. I was on ESPN, one of the most popular fitness shows going. I was just getting my own show. So now all of these people are looking at me like you're you're able to do this and we want to bet on you for a show. And, you know, that was the last place I ever thought I'd go. It's like, why would I go to prison when I'm experiencing all the success in my life? And that's the exact reason I needed to go to prison was because there were men in there that saw me on TV and it gave me a platform to speak to them in addition to these feats of strength that other people wouldn't be able to do. And we all know that, you know, prison is not a soft place. We know prison is where guys go in and they lift weights and they get jacked and it's physical. So when a physical guy comes in, such as myself, typically what happens is I get disrespected at first until I prove to them I'm not there trying to show off or show out. I'm there trying to use my gifts and talents, one being on TV, two being a guy that understands techniques on how to do this, uh, feats of strength. 
then then they're like open their heart. They're like, oh my God, bro, I knew I saw you from that TV. What's that girl like? Oh wow, man, yeah, I saw you in this magazine. I got some crazy stories that that would blow people's mind about me being in prison and having those magazines, for example, available to me. It's it's nuts, man. Yeah. Would you do you want to share are you open to sharing one? Yeah. One in particular, I can't remember what state I was in. It was like Alabama or Arkansas or something like that. We were in a little town and it was a level five supermax. So as you can imagine by the title of it, it's a very secure prison. Well, in prisons, there's something called ATSEG, administrative segregation, where they separate the people who have issues emotionally, mentally, physically, behaviorally, whatever. So they separate them out and they put them in ad- administrative segregation, get them away from general population. So I'm at a level five supermax in ADSEG, and the CO, the correctional officer, tells us all in a group, hey, look, when you go down at the end here, whatever the guy's name was, Jones down there is an asshole. He's just a mean guy. He doesn't like anybody. Don't even waste your time. So where do I go? I go walking down towards Jones. And when you're walking past these doors, right, they refer to it as their house. So I wouldn't want anyone walking up at my window looking at my house. So that's the way you approach one of these cells or houses. So I walk past Jones and I see him. He's in there doing push-ups. And I just said, hey, man, I wave. And he looked at me. He had his feet up on his bed and his hands on the ground doing like a decline push-up. And I walked past and he just completely kind of looked at me like, don't mess with me. So I understood what they were saying. Then I come back through and I'm like, hey, do you need to talk to anybody? Are you all right? So he looks at me real peculiar. Then he looks back down. Then he looks back up and he looks back down and jumps off his bed. He grabs a magazine and he walks up to the door and he turns the magazine around and go, is this you? He was doing a workout in Muscle and Fitness magazine that I was on eight pages of. It was called Chest 101. It was one of my biggest opportunities in the magazines at the time. I had been in small pictures all over the place, but this was my first eight-page spread in the biggest fitness magazine ever. And this guy in a level five supermax in administrative segregation somewhere in a little town in Arkansas or Alabama, who walks down the freaking aisle when he was told not to go down there? And it was just like, wow, bro. Do you really think this is coincidence or was I meant to show up here on your doorstep today? And we hit it off. And, you know, I, you know, this guy could be telling this story in reverse on a podcast right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You never realize your impact that you have in the world until you see it real time. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I love that. Uh, so, so you talked about the magazines and the TV. How how'd you get into that from the Marines? How did all that go down? When I got out of the Marine Corps, I needed a job. So I went to a gym called Family Fitness Center. And I thought, oh, I could be a trainer. Because remember, in the Marine Corps, I was helping guys get in shape. And I was very physical and I was very accomplished in the physical part of my time in the Marine Corps. I played on, I played rugby in the Marine Corps. And so that was what it was for me. It was a physical training environment. It was also a mental training environment. So I went out and I went to get this job and it was really funny how I ended up getting the job. And this guy and I are still friends to this day. He was the manager of the gym. And I walked in, I said, Hey, I'm applying for a job. He said, come back in a week. I come back in a week. He says, come back in a week. He does this like three, four times to my recollection. So my EAS end of active service is coming up. I need a job. We're moving into an apartment. I got two buddies. They both have jobs. They both can pay rent. I got one more paycheck coming in the Marine Corps and that's it. So we were going to go rent furniture. And I remember we all got on the application and it said, where do you work? And I'm like, this guy keeps telling me to come back. I work for Danny Delarosa at Family Fitness Center. I remember the phone number, 439-4404. Just popped in my head. That's crazy. Yeah. And I put it on there. They called him. I walked in the next day. He's like, I like you, man. I like you. You got the job. So that was it. And then I worked my way through and became a sales guy that became an assistant manager and a manager, ran my own clubs for a long time. And then that turned into working out and guys saying, dude, you could get buff. You need to do a bodybuilding show. 
So I did a bodybuilding show and then that turned into me seeing other guys getting their picture taken. And I'm like, all right, I'm as good looking as them. Why am I not in the magazines? So I started to pursue the magazines and I want to give you an understanding of how I work. Let's say there were 130 magazines. I don't know the exact count, but out of 130 magazines that I've been on the cover of, maybe I've been called specifically seven times by Clark. We want you on this cover. The other 123, I knocked the doors down. I made a statement for myself early in the industry based upon something I heard a guy say. He said to the photographer, I'll call you next time I'm in shape. I was like, I saw an opportunity. I'm like, what if I'm always in shape? What if I'm the guy that's always in shape? So I stopped bodybuilding and trying to get big and lean and big and lean. And I just stayed ripped all the time. So there were cover after cover that I was on that the first choice wasn't ready for. The second choice wasn't available. And when I got that eight page spread that ended up in the prison in that guy's hands, I'll never forget it. I was detailing the car. I have a pager. My pager went off and it was an 818 number. And that is LA. That is Woodland Hills. Woodland Hills is where Muscle and Fitness Magazine was. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. So I ran in the guy's office. I dialed this 818, Muscle and Fitness. How can I help you? I'm like, oh, what? This is Clark Barchman. Oh, yeah. Jim Chatter just called you. Let me put you through. Jim Chad is the art director for Muscle and Fitness Magazine. Here was his exact words. Okay, Mr. Always in Shape, we need you for an eight-page spread in Muscle and Fitness Magazine. We're shooting tomorrow. Are you available and are you ready? How long will it take you to get ready? My cocky response was, 30 minutes? I need to shave, you know? And he's like, all right, smart ass. So I go to the shoot the next day, and the photographer who I had made that statement to, who was the one that said that to Jim Chatta because I had no connection with this guy. He said, this guy's always in shape. If you ever need him, he's always in shape because that's what I told the photographer. So I walk in and Jim Chatta's there and the photographer said he never shows up. So I walk over. He's like, take off your shirt. I take off my shirt, lift it up. There's abs visible right there like they are at 57 today. And he said, okay, have fun. And he left. And that was it. That's incredible. For First of all, I love the fact that you go after your own doors because no one's going to provide you a door to open. Very few. And by that point, you've already made it. And it's funny that you told the camera guy, I'm always ready if you need me. And he remembered that because everyone, because literally, because I'm guessing most of the magazine people are bodybuilders, right? Well, the models are, yeah, but the photographers are completely out of shape, but. Yeah, I'm more referring to the cover people mostly are in shape or they're not in shape, which created a great opportunity for you. And I love that you went after that blue ocean and you're like, I'm done with bodybuilding. I'm always in shape, man. I'm always in shape. (laughs) Yeah, see, there there were no fitness models back then. A lot of people give me credit for kind of being, you know, and I'm I'm not saying this, but some people will refer to me as like the first official fitness model because I made it a thing for me. Yeah. Like I really decided. And with that photographer, I did the same thing to him. I saw him. I owned a sheepskin sea cover store on the seashore. <laughs> and I saw him walk into a surf shop next to me. And I'm like, ooh, that's Ralph DeHaan. I went over. I tapped him on the shoulder. He looked around. I said, I'm Clark Bartram. I'm always in shape. If you ever need me, it's exactly what I said. He's like, all right, call me in 30 days. 30 days to the day I called him up. Hey, it's Clark. You got anything? Nope. Call me in 30 days. I called him in 30 days and I did this until he said, I got an opportunity for you. And it was a post. It was a probably a three by three photo of me in muscle and fitness. One little three by three photo. I'll never forget it. It was a Larry Scott shoulder press. I was leaning at an angle on the dumbbell rack, pressing the dumbbells over my head. That was it. And that was the beginning. But that planted a seed in that guy's mind. So he started telling other people. Then I saw the power of that. And I'm like, ooh, I am on to something. So I started using it more because I saw that it was actually something that was needed. In sales, we find the need, fill the need, and close the deal. It's no different than any other part of our life. I am still, to this day, doing the exact same thing. I did it yesterday. I was interacting with a 
genius marketer that I want to get to work with. And I was planning it in my brain, man. I had to get out of my emotions because I had this expectation. I wanted it to happen. And when he was not answering my questions specifically, I automatically thought, oh, he doesn't want to work with me. And I'm like, nope, back up, get on the balcony. Don't get in your emotions. Separate yourself and think about this rationally. And I did it. And I and I just went back and forth. I got out of my emotion. And now I know that this guy, he's calling me back. We're going to work together. That's not a question. But it will be in his timing, not mine. So I, I stopped trying to control these situations, too. You know, it, it's, it's it's a daily battle that we all got to fight. Oh, I, because it's it, uh, the way I like to think about it is if we're getting in our head or we're in our heart and in our mind and able to make a rational decision. If we're in our head, we're overthinking everything. If you're in your body, you're moving the right way. You're in flow state. And you might message a guy. I messaged a guy. He said he's interested. And then he hasn't responded in a couple hours. I can't get worked up. I got to go find 10 more of him that need that as well. So then that's the way I handle that. Like if you found one marketing guy who's like a maybe, find four more, you know what I mean? And just get it building because then that gets you excited in the different regards. That's how I utilize it. Does that, does that land with you anywhere? I'm going to do that today. I'm going to go find four more guys and line them up. Yeah. I mean, then you can use them against each other. You can use them together. If anyone works, then you see what's best. And yeah, I mean, because when you put so much in on someone, it, it's not fair to you. It's not fair to you. You put too much value in on someone, it's not fair to you. So if you can get that value spread across different ways and the outcome is Clark is going to get a marketing guy or Clark is going to do a marketing deal or whatever it is, doesn't matter who the guy is, which is one thing I found that I always use rationally because you sit there and there's no way you can't control everyone's life. He might be having a problem right now with his son. Yeah, everyone's got everyone's got shit going on. There is no re, they're not like I hate Clark or I hate Jordan or none of that. It's just you got to realize that and become objective with life going on. And I love that balcony thing that you keep bringing up. Well, thank you for that. I'm going to. I'm definitely doing that today. I'm a, I'm a guy who's coachable, and I'm a guy who takes action. And I think that's a big thing. A lot of people aren't action takers, man. If anyone walks away with anything from this, be an action taker. Don't be a talker, man. Everyone talks. I see talkers all the time, and it just makes me ill. Like, shut up, bro. Don't waste your words. <laughs> Tell me about this action taking. Where did this come from? What is it? What do you mean? Let's dive into it a little bit. It's not even action. It's immediate action. I always follow it up with that because there's one thing about taking action. You could take it a week from now. You could take it a month from now. That's called procrastination. I like immediate action. So you said right now something that I see as valuable. Clark, don't put all your eggs in this dude's basket, which I was doing. So what I'm going to do after this is I'm going to reach out to a couple other guys who I know are interested because I heard them say something. Hey, do you need a guy? I was actually racking my brain yesterday thinking, who was that? I completely forgot where that conversation was, but it just dawned on me. I know who it was and where it was. And they specifically looked at me and said, Clark, do you need an investor or do you need a marketing guy? I'm like, yep. Who is he? How do we get him? I'm going to call that guy when we're done here. Well, I'm not going to call him. That's a lie. I'm going to DM him and I'm going to take action on saying, Hey, let's further this conversation. I'm really interested to know who you know and what their level of interest is for me. So that's what to me action is about. I see people procrastinate all the time. That just, man, I lose so much patience Every day I wake up for people who procrastinate. It drives me bad, man. Yeah. Yeah, I love that immediate action step, too. Because there, there's so many times where you might have the knowledge, you have the information, you have the person, and then you'll sit there and just waste your time and then reach out a couple of days later. And what does that do? That kills the whole momentum. You're trying yeah, to build on yourself. So I, I got an interesting question, Clark. You are a guy who's in fitness and you've accomplished a lot. Now, this is something I've always had a question about because I see a lot of people who are in fitness, great shape, great everything, but they never accomplish it on the business side. Do you know, like, do you know what I'm talking about? And do you know maybe a reason for that? Cause I've always questioned that. Cause I feel like if you are great with your body, you have the discipline and you should be super uber successful and like other things, but I'm not always seeing that align. I was just curious. Well, you're, talking, 
you're talking to a guy who's experienced that the majority of my life. Yeah. And I think part of the reason, and I, I can only speak to mine, and, th- and this is where I'm going to be vulnerable and real and honest, because I think too often people think, oh, this guy has achieved this much financial success in his life. Now, I have nothing to complain about. I'm very happy with what I have. I live in a beautiful home. I have beautiful cars. I've got, you know, I, I have what I need, but there's certainly another level that I can reach. And part of what I've done specifically is I've not taken a risk on myself. And I think that could be what most people do is they play it safe. Because if you're in a position like mine, people will see you as a valuable commodity. And if you're viewed as a valuable commodity, you can get money for that commodity. So I personally have taken the easy bet where someone says, hey, we'll give you 20 grand a month to be our spokesperson. You got a two-year contract. Let's go. So that money becomes money that's very livable, whether it's 10 grand, five grand, 20 grand, whatever it is. If it's something that's comfortable and allows you to live your life and do the things that you want to do, then you are not even entitled, you're enabled to not do the things that are necessary. Sometimes being painted into a corner and having everything taken from you is the best thing that could happen. And if you read my book, 10 steps to conquering fear and anxiety, I come very clean about the fact that I had multiple contracts and one by one by one within 10 days of each other, each one went away and I was left with zero. And then I was faced with, I need to do something with all of what I've learned, all of what I've had, all of what other people have made millions off of. Why can't I? And the answer to my question was, you haven't had the balls to take a risk on yourself. When are you going to step up and do it? So I stepped up and I'm doing it and I'm building this nanotest brand and I'm doing it by offering what I love doing, inspiring and enriching people. So my sales funnel, if you will, looks like massive value up front, massive value up front. And then never bug anyone to buy anything from me. I am just me authentically all of the time, and people then know you like you, trust you, and then they go, dude, how do I buy that supplement that you're selling? I want it. I'm like, ah, you don't need it. Ah, I don't recommend that you take it yet. I'm really honest. Like, I have a a product that's meant to help men boost their testosterone naturally. I was saying it on live this morning. You will never, ever hear me say, and you could look at recording after recording, you will never hear me say, This product is the end-all, be-all. Just take it and your life will change. Any supplement that anyone takes, mine included, is only as good as the lifestyle that supports it. And I give the men who come to me the lifestyle for free, whether they buy my supplement or not. But most guys have a need. So I found a need. I'm filling the need. And the sale closes itself because I offer massive value up front. So it's working. This business is a thing. It's growing. You know, and that's where the marketing guy comes in. I'm like, okay, all I need to do is get in front of more people. Put me in front of a lot of people. That's why I'm grateful, Jordan, that I'm here with you because you're going to put me in front of more people. Someone's going to go, shit, there's no denying this dude's the real deal. I got to be around him. I need that energy. I want that enthusiasm. I want that product. I want that coaching. So this is about the time I start really getting revved up in these podcasts, man, because, you know, this, this is real, man. And uh, when I start talking about the impact that I have in these men's lives, it really affects that DNA strand in me that was designed and put in there and gets it like revving, man. I love that because that's who you are. And it would be wrong if you were fighting that, trying to conform and doing a job that's not for you. And I find that there's a lot of people out there doing that because, like you said, food, shelter, clothing, that's what they're trying to rely on. Once you have that covered, then you can go enjoy your life and do new things and experiences. And I love the point where you brought up the law of reciprocity about massive value at first. That Where'd you come up with that? And why are you doing that? Because there's a lot of people who are like, hey, if I give you this and it's worth $10, you give me $10 back right away and I want to get paid. But I mean... From who you are, you are just providing, providing, helping these people, changing their lives, like your Facebook group as well. Well, I'm glad you said, Jordan, what you said about the trade of money for service because, wow. 
my dad. When I was a little kid, he was a salesman, a cash register salesman. And my parents were divorced. I mentioned my traumatic childhood. My dad wasn't in my home. And my dad would come and pick me up on the weekends. And the first thing he would do is check my fingernails to see if they were clean and presentable. And if they weren't, he would uh, he would send me back in the house and I would have to clean them. And I would come back and he would look at them again. And he said, first thing you always need to be is presentable. And he always looked good. He was in a tie all the time. And there was always a cash register in the back. And I could smell the NCR tape, the copy paper that went in the machine. I could smell it right now. And I remember specifically my dad going into a convenience store. And it was a very ethnic neighborhood. We had Greek guys. We had Italian guys. We had black guys. We had uh, Iranian guys. You know, they all owned the convenience stores. And my dad came out one day and he said, listen, he said, whether I get along with the person inside that store or not, we are trading money for a service. He said, if that man gives me $100 for a service, my responsibility is to give him 300 back in that service to go above and beyond his expectations, to go above and beyond what he has paid me for. That is the way I get called back. That is the way he refers me to his friends who are all networked to get a cash register because he knows when that thing breaks down or he doesn't know how to program it, I'm going to show up and program it for him and not ask him for a penny. That has stuck with me. And when I launched this business, I had a stack of my product nanotest behind me. And I have the video because I wanted to record it. I looked back at it and I said, I wish my dad was here seeing me do what I do because I do what I do because I saw him do what he did. And that's what I do what I do for. Yeah. That gives me chills. I really appreciate you being vulnerable there and sharing that story. It, it It's so crazy how much our childhood and different scenarios really impact us. And it shows that you're authentic. It shows that you have heart. It shows that you really care about these people. So I really do appreciate you, Clark, sharing that. Um, yeah. 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 It's definitely super powerful and, and I, I, I'm so grateful that your dad gave you that lesson. You know, and I, and I fast forward to now because uh, my son, because of the situation he's in with his girlfriend, wants to hang out with me and uh, work out with me. And the first day we went to work out at the gym, it was so awesome because it was like stars aligned with all of these people that I come into contact with that I want to positively and powerfully impact. The first one was a homeless man on the side of the street. We pulled up, the light was red. He was right there. I was right there. I rolled down the window. And this is what I said without any knowledge, my son having any knowledge what the previous conversation was. I said, Hey, you remember my phone number? And the guy said, man, I was thinking about you this morning. I'm going to call you tonight. Was your phone number? And he recited it. And he had one digit off. And I said, no, this is it. He said, I'm going to call you tonight. I was going to hire this guy to come paint at my house. So he witnessed that. Then we leave and we go to the gym and we walk in. And the reception that I got from the people at the front desk was, wow, Clark's here. And then when we were leaving, there were these three young guys that were Two of which I knew, one was brand new. And the brand new guy goes, wow, man, uh, Tyler told me all about you. He told me about the magazines you're in and this and that. I want to look like you when I get older. And the other kid said, shit, I want to look like him right now. So I'm sitting there thinking my son now is at a stage in his life where he can appreciate this aspect of who I am, where when he was younger, maybe it was embarrassing. And then when we got out of the car, I just looked at him. I said, Mitch, do you ever get tired of being my son? And he didn't respond at all. And I know he's not. And I know this is something that he appreciates, that his dad is really who I, you know, pretend to be online. I'm actually that guy. Because those encounters I don't record. 
but I do record them in my mind to use them as stories now because, like you said, whether we're we're digitizing it or memorizing it, it is something that we have in our files that we can pull out in a situation like this. So that's an example of one of those times. Yeah, and to me, it seems that you, you're obviously super excited that your son's open to hang out with you, and that, that's incredible. But I think even more importantly, you're showing him as not cover of a magazine, not TV host, not Marine, not any of that, but just a human and a token of an inspiration of, like, I'm a good human, and this is why – because I'm about to hire the homeless guy to paint the house. I'm going to do this, do that. Like little interactions because so, so many of us just go, hey, like, how are you evaluating me? How can I? And you're turning the whole pendulum switch. How can I add value to each of these people? And even if it's just listening to someone or if it's just talking to someone or having that conversation, because I'm telling you that homeless guy – he might feel lonely, but there's many of us that feel lonely and a smile would change the world to a lot of people. So if you can come in there and be that higher energy. And I'm not talking to Clark right now. I'm talking to the audience and anyone. If you can be that higher energy, people want to be around that. Like the first time I talked, spoke with Clark, I was introduced to him by Jeff, Jeff Lopes. And Clark hits me with a voice memo. And I almost fell over because I'm like, this guy's energy. I love it. I didn't feel... I felt inappropriate texting him back. I felt inappropriate texting him back. And then we get on the call and he's like, what's going on, Jordan? How we doing? Bam. And I'm like, I like Clark. I like Clark because the energy transference, he raises me up. And that, that's something that's so simple for us to do. And there's so many of us that are just caged into our lives and not thinking about Clark's energy is what is amazing about him. Clark's giving this is great. His gratitude is everything, but really there's so much of what Clark is. And like some people will think it's vice. Some people will think it's other things, but there's a lot about Clark that we all have in us. Like it might not be the easiest to get ripped. It might not be the easiest to do that. Like I struggle with that too, but is it okay to have high energy? That's not that hard. Is it okay to smile at people? That's not hard. Is it okay to listen? That's not hard. These are all things that we can all do and change the lives for better. So well, it's like you. the thing where, thank you, I appreciate you saying that. That's that's awesome. You know, I, I've said this before. It's like you might see somebody that the world might not think is attractive. Let's say a girl. It's like, you know, there's something about her, right? There's something about her. And people go like, you really think she's pretty? Yeah, because it's not the physical, it's the energy that that person possesses that makes them more attractive. So when we see someone who might be mismatched in our eyes, like, well, that doesn't go together. How did that ugly guy get that good looking girl? Well, maybe that ugly guy's energy outweighs and outperforms the good looking guy's horrible energy. That's a thing. That's the most powerful thing on planet earth. It's like we can look at a baby and that baby not understand our words yet, but our energy is, Oh my God, you're the ugliest little baby I've ever seen in my life. You're so ugly. I can't stand how ugly you are. But the energy is not reflective of those words. So that's what the baby's experiencing. The words yeah. are irrelevant, you know? Yeah. And that transcends into being an adult. Yeah. We don't get that, man. And we don't tap into that enough. Yeah. So. And I, I absolutely love that. I actually went to this, uh, uh, mastermind event. I know we talked about that last time, a couple of masterminds. And I went to this event and it was by Unblinded. And they, they have this theory, uh, Sean Calgary is the founder of it, or one of the founders. And he talks about this idea of varying your energies. So there's aspirational Zeus, goddess, and fun. Clark, in this podcast, I have seen the varying of energies. And I know that we just basically brought up that concept, but you vary your energy so no one gets bored with you. Like you just took me to an aspirational place and a goddess place when you told the story about your son, uh, about your uh, about your dad. Then you go to a Zeus place when you're like, we have to get this done. And you're always in a fun place. So those varying of energies, I would ask anyone to, to really think about that because it's a concept that I've been very present to me recently. And if you don't vary, 
people don't want to be around you. Like people get bored. <laughs> it's like it's like editing a video. You have to have cuts in that video all the time to keep people's attention. So what you just described was that in an energy form. Yeah. So I love the fact that you mentioned goddess. So now I can segue and brag about my daughter a little bit. She has a business called Goddess Within. And my daughter does what I do, but she uses photography to empower women. And what she does is boudoir photography. And she shoots girls who might have a lower body image than someone who is perfect in our Western culture. So she takes these girls who are heavy and, you know, feeling a little bit less than somebody else. And she coaches them through this photography and brings the goddess within out of them and empowers them by proving to them that they're beautiful, regardless of their body image or regardless of what anybody else thinks. And she really flourished and blossomed during COVID. And she was doing these photo shoots through Zoom calls. She really established herself in the transference of that energy, not even being in the room. So I look at her, I'm like, this girl is a badass, man. This girl is an overachiever. And I look at her and I'm like, wow, I'm so much of a fan of my kids as humans, you know, even more than I am as my kids, right? I look at them operate on this planet being just amazing humans who love people in a different and unique way that's as empowering as what I do. Yeah, and that is mind blow. I never would have thought anyone could do photography through a Zoom call. And the reason people keep coming back is because your daughter, what's your daughter's name? Taylor. Taylor. Taylor makes them feel a certain type of way, which they enjoy. Clark, you make me feel a certain type of way that I enjoy. That's why people keep coming back because they're chasing this feeling. And it might be that Clark helps you with fitness or Taylor helps you with photography, or it might be that you just enjoy their company. Either one, it's pushing you in a better direction and you're better than you were before by entering and being around these people. I love it. Yeah. You know, and I, I love watching my son. He's struggling to find his place in life. Right now he is selling software door to door. And you know, that's a rough game. That's tough. But I see him light up when he gets around little Hispanic kids because he speaks Spanish. He's, he's getting better at it. But there's something that's inside of his DNA strand that loves encouraging and inspiring, not just little kids, but little kids who might be kind of categorized as when he was in, in Ecuador, he taught kids on the street. There was a oh, wow. marketplace where they brought these kids and he was the, the gringo guy that spoke Spanish that took care of these little kids. And when we go ride our bike around here, we live in a pretty Hispanic neighborhood. We go to the swap meet and it's pretty much all Hispanic. And that's where he flourishes. And when little kids come around, I watch him light up. And I'm like, Mitch, this is real obvious. It's real obvious what you need to be doing. So let the solar game be the catalyst for you to go in and be the guy that creates a school for the Hispanic kids in Escondido that don't get taught right in the public schools because there's not a translator there. Whatever you've identified as the issue that you're connecting with, that's your gift. Run with it, you know? So it's, it's freaking awesome, man. It's awesome. And I love that part more than I love my part. It's like watching your kids play sports. You get more excited for them than you ever did for yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's that change of perspective. And the other thing is that you're pointing it out that is making me aware of it, that if anyone's lost on like what they should do, look at what makes you smile. And then you might sit there and go, I don't, I don't know what makes me smile. I thought that right away too. And then I'm like, well, why don't you go live your life a little bit and just be aware to the fact that there might be something that makes you happy. And maybe those things that make you happy can intertwine. And if that's the case, do more of that stuff that makes you happy because life is short and it's to be lived and to be enjoyed. And that's something I always tell people when I'm co like, like sit there and think about it for 10 minutes. Like, what do you enjoy doing? Some people go, I enjoy surfing. I enjoy rollerblading. I enjoy this. I enjoy that. When was the last time you did any of that? Dude, I'm working a hard job. I can't do that anymore. Stop that rollerblades. It takes 10 minutes Put the things on, go up and down your parking garage, go on the street, go anywhere. It's not a big deal. 
And we don't try to make those moments because we wait till we have a vacation and we have a big day or we have this and we have, but we need to find those little happiness moments throughout the day. Absolutely. And that's something that people overlook because you had said it, a roof and, you know, the, yeah, the, the food, shelter, clothing, the food, shelter, yeah, food clothing. shelter, clothing, yeah, clothing, yeah, it takes priority. And, and then the next common question is, well, how, I can't make a living doing that. Maybe you can. I never would have thought. Like I remember one day specifically walking up our driveway. We have a pretty long driveway. And I went down. And it was with my son. And I grabbed a check. And uh, I said, it's amazing. People pay me for being me. Like, I get paid to be me. Because I find how to turn these opportunities into money. Like, yeah. magazine. you know how much you make to be on a magazine cover? No idea. Yeah. No, no. But here's how I put it in my brain. If a brand will pay $30,000 for a full page ad in Muscle and Fitness Magazine, for example, what value does the front cover have? 80, 100 grand? <laughs> so I'm now on an 80 or $100,000 ad for myself. This magazine thought enough of me to put me on the cover of their magazine to sell to other people, to sell the brands that are advertising inside that magazine. I'm a badass. I was the one chosen out of all these pretty people. They chose me. Why? Because I knocked the damn door down. I let my energy speak for itself. I saw a need, you know, fill the need, close the deal, and I got it done. Now, I can't just walk around and go, hey, I'm on a magazine cover. I got to turn that into money. I got to turn that into that, Yeah. A career, and that's what I did. So right now, with the current cover that I'm on, uh, I I give that away to every guy who buys my product, Nanotest. I go to the warehouse, I sign it. Jordan, stay strong. Thanks for the great podcast. You're awesome, bro. Love your energy, Clark Barton. In the box, I'll even do a live while I'm doing that. And if you happen to pop on the live from my group. You will see me signing your magazine, putting it in a box, shipping your product to you. That doesn't happen anywhere else. That goes back to Bill Bartram saying, if someone pays you money for something, son, you give them back double or triple in value. Do you understand me, boy? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's that yeah. in action. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because they're seeing real time happen. Then they get it and they might go, holy shit, Clark cares. Clark cares and he cares a lot. And it's not about the money. It's about, because there's probably a much more efficient way to do it. In which case you don't sign the magazine, <laughs> but that's not a value add to them. Yes. That's exactly my CFO. Three months ago, Clark, we don't really need to ship nanotest in a box. That's 12 inches long. We can get a much cheaper shipping. If we put it in a box that only fits that I said, but then I won't be able to put the magazine in there. We'll cover that, you know what I mean? Or we'll absorb it somewhere else. We'll make it work because it's important to me that people get that customer experience that they never get anywhere else or they don't get anywhere else too often. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So Clark, I know our time's coming to an end. Where can people find you, reach you? Where can they get nanotech? Where, where does all this occur? So I'll send you all my social media links. They're just at Clark Bartram. One of my, you know, TikTok is blowing up for me. I do something called Three Moves, Three Minutes on there. So it's at Clark Bartram. Instagram is at Clark Bartram. Nanotest is nanotest.co. If any man wants to join my coaching group, you just go on Facebook, type in there, Nanotest Performance. I'll add you in. Then I also have another program that I just reinvigorated. It's called One Step Body. So you can go to onestepbody.com forward slash join and join that group. That's for women. That's for kids. That's for anybody. And I teach people how to get in shape one step at a time. We don't overcomplicate it. We keep it simple. I love that. Clark, I appreciate you. I appreciate the stories. I appreciate the insight. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. It's been great, bro. I'm sweating. I got so fired up, man. I just felt my body temperature increasing, man. So the energy exchange was awesome. I appreciate this so much. I can't wait to watch it, listen to it, share it with everybody. Awesome. Thank you, Clark. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, 
We'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in.